Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hey parents, Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique in Oxford features the latest brands of baby and children's clothing, shoes, toys, and accessories. Check out Jack and Claire's Facebook page too. Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique, West Jackson Avenue next to Belk. This is Rebecca Turner and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. TGIF Super Talk Mississippi. Thank goodness it's finally Friday. Thank you for tuning in to The Good Things, your radio happy hour. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget that today is a great day to jumpstart planning a little spring break getaway here in Mississippi. Everything you need to know to do that is over at visitmississippi.org. But if you are over at supertalk.fm slash watch, you'll see I'm not alone in the studio today. We are catching up with a prior Good Things friend, Mr. Al Ainsworth. He writes about family, story, and legacy, and he has gotten two new books out since the last time we chatted with him, and he's played in the snow. So welcome, Al. Well, thanks. It's glad to be back, and it's glad to be here in sunny mid-Mississippi. Well, one thing I love about how we connected, Al, is the fact that one of our Good Things listeners sent me your one of your previous books, which was Lines in the Gravel, if I'm correct, if I'm correct on that one, and... Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's playing for overtime. overtime, Yep. And said, you need to get to know uh, Mr. Al. And over time, we got to know each other. You've been on the show before. And hey, look, you're back. And we're talking about your next works of art. So I absolutely love that. But you are from Hernando. You're here centrally because your son is playing a uh, baseball tournament. And I was going through your Facebook and I thought, that's not fair. Our friends in Hernando got real snow. Y'all actually got like the fluffy stuff where the rest of us got ice. So how was it with the snowstorm? Well, we got a layer of ice first and then um, had to go back to school the next day. And and then we got out for the President's Day weekend. And of course, then we got the fluffy stuff. But uh, the place where my family and I live, there's a hill near our house, very steep. And we use some of my wife's sleds from when she was a kid. So, you know, 40 years old. And um, with the runners and everything, and it is iced over enough and snowed enough for us to sled that hill three times in 14 years. Uh, this time we were able to sled three different days, three consecutive days. So that part of it was nice, uh, trying to get somewhere in it, not so much. I'm curious, well, how did you and your wife keep those sleds over 40 years just for in case Mother Nature sends you the right mixture of snow and rain here in Mississippi? Well, part of it's probably that way. Part of it's just not throwing things away. And uh, they were in the attic for years, and they're one of the things that moved along with us in our uh, two or three moves since we've been married. And, yeah, so when I look at the forecast, that's what I'm looking at. Is it going to be – 
snowy and icy enough for us to sled, and this time it was. That's awesome. So now y'all have had three opportunities in your marriage to use those sleds. Who knows with Mississippi's weather when you'll get to pull it back out again, but I'm glad you and your family had fun. When did you actually write this last uh, book, which I have here with me? It's Lonesome, Party of Six. It's a novel, um, Al. When did this one actually get written? Because it's about six lonely individuals, uh, all for different reasons, which we'll dive into a little bit more. But I'm curious, with the pandemic and everything that's been upon us, when did this actually – you sit down and actually write it? Okay, so last year um, last year presented challenges and opportunities. So I had, I had started writing on this at the end of 2019, probably maybe 20,000 words into it. And I set an audacious goal for myself for last year, not something I'll do every year, but – uh, to write a thousand words a day at least five days a week. And I got off to a great start. I was 250 days in before I missed a day. And so I, I started writing a lot of words and finishing manuscripts and starting on the next one. And before I knew it, I had written six books. And so now they're, they start through the editing process. And, you know, some of it's good. Some of it you step away from it for a month or so and you come back and you go, ah, oh, that was pretty terrible. Um, and, and some stuff you come back and so that's pretty good. It leads to other ideas. So um, I finished all six about – probably September, October last year. And then I began the, the deep dive of, of – or I'd already begun the deep dive of editing the first one. And so November 1st, Lonesome Party of Six was published. And then two weeks later, I released uh, Lonesome Reunion. And are they – they're, they're, they're a series, correct? Yes. So they're all well, about the, the same? Well, the first two really fit together back-to-back, and the other ones are more what you'd call companion novels. So I'm curious, though, about the six, and I was wondering if you wrote it during the pandemic or if the pandemic had sort of inspired it, because I know um, by day you are an English teacher in a high school, and then, two, you're a father and just connected in your community. And, man, 2020 was just one of those years where loneliness was something felt by all of us in completely different ways. I think it's something we all shared. It's a sense of loneliness in some way. Even if we were in stuck in a house full of people, you just felt disconnected or you just felt a dark cloud over you for some reason when typically maybe you weren't someone who carried around, you know, the the Debbie Downer kind of mindset. So did that when the pandemic started, did that influence at all maybe any of the lonely reasons the six characters in your book like it was any of that, like art imitating life, so to speak? No, uh, actually, uh, I'm a Christ follower, and, and and I believe that the Lord laid this on my heart ahead of time. Um, what actually led to the book was a couple of years ago. Well, let me go back a little bit further. One, one piece needs to be in place. When we'd go to my sister's house, uh, she used to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Their thing for Thanksgiving was that they went to Cracker Barrel, and. When we went out there one Thanksgiving, they said, well, we'll, we'll cook this year. I thought, mm, no, we kind of want to join in on what you're doing. And so we went to Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving, and I was blown away, first of all, by how many people were eating their Thanksgiving lunches at Cracker Barrel. And secondly, you looked around and you saw some people eating by themselves, and that, that kind of stood out on that day of all others. Well, fast forward two or three years, and my older son was um, he was going to the Egg Bowl that year, just like uh, the, one of the characters in the book. And so he was going to be out of town on Thanksgiving, so we moved our meal back to Friday. And... We went to a movie, and the movie that we saw was Wonder. 
the one about the the little boy with some some challenges and and how he struggles with loneliness. But the thing that really struck from that movie was it's told from a number of different perspectives. It's like you watch 40 minutes into the movie and then it just stops. It flashes another name and then you back up and see you know kind of some same things with a little bit different perspective. Mm-hmm. And then after the uh, after the movie, we were going to go out to eat, and Cracker Barrel was just too far away. I didn't want to drive. I was I was the Debbie Downer uh, that <laughs> night, but uh, we went anyway because it was the only thing open. And we noticed several people eating alone, and my daughter, uh, who was twenty twenty two twenty three at the time just jumped up in the middle of the meal and ran to the bathroom. And she was gone for a little while. Um, and when she came back, she was talking to one of the servers. Well, my daughter knows everybody in DeSoto County anyway, it seems. And so that wasn't a big deal. And But when she got back to the table, uh, my wife asked, well, who is that? She said, just one of the servers. Said, Not somebody you know? No. And she just wasn't offering any more information. And my wife is not one to leave that alone. So she said, well, what were y'all talking about? And she just kind of in a whisper said, I was paying for his meal. And she pointed to this older gentleman uh, sitting over on the side and just kind of had his head down and was eating his meal. And it, it was such a, a thrill for me as a dad that that my daughter would notice something like that and do something about it. So the the same weekend, I was driving to Hattiesburg to, to do some collaborative work with a friend of mine down there. And... It was probably five thirty, six o'clock, sun just coming up, uh, maybe not even up yet over uh, I-55. And it's like all these things just rushed together as one as one uh, for a book idea. And so the next place I found to pull over, I'm quickly – and I, I take a lot of notes in my Evernote app, and I'm I'm jotting down ideas and, and all that. So, I, you know, going to Hattiesburg, passed by Max Fish Camp and Pep's Point, places I had visited as a, as a teenager. And so – I get to the place where I'm staying, and I'm working on two or three different books ahead of it, but that one just won't leave me alone. And my friend Scott Hanbury and I talked about it, and I mentioned it to him for the first time. And it was probably a year and a half or so later, maybe two years almost, before I actually started writing it. But it's one of those that just kept marinating, kept marinating, and I thought, well, what would happen if – Six different people were in a restaurant. It started with eight. Uh, my readers told me that was probably too many. So I, I dialed it back to six. And then the question became, what what occurrences would happen in someone's life to make them at least temporarily lonely? And so I started approaching it from, from different standpoints and ultimately landed on three men, three women who found themselves for a brief period of time, lonely on Thanksgiving. And I think that's, too, one thing we can all at least, you know, connect with the characters, although I haven't read the book yet, is we've all had lonesome periods of our life. Either right now we're experiencing it, or we can go back to a time wherein we felt lonelier than others, and so it's just part of the human experience, is feeling loneliness. And you do, you're right, when someone reaches out to you in those moments, that makes for um, an opportunity for some really good things to happen. And we're going to keep talking with Al Ainsworth, the author coming up next here on Good Things.
If you're remodeling or building a new home, be sure to tell your contractor to go to Lakeland Fireplaces in Flowood. They have over 25 display units, including heat and glow. By the way, there are 19 live burning fireplaces in the showroom. They are the hearth professionals that install and service. Ask about their custom glass doors, gas logs, fireplace accessories, and premium gas grills. It's all at Lakeland Fireplaces, your heat and glow dealer on Lakeland Drive in Flowood. I wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy. There is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific. Yes. Get your purse, sweetie. Get ready, Greater Jackson area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show, is coming for two big days at the Mississippi Coliseum. Saturday, 9 till 5, Sunday, 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealers' tables available, full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun books, camouflage, jewelry, and related items. Hunters and collectors, the big show is for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $9 for adults and $2 for kids ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 10 to 5 at the Mississippi Coliseum. Take the high street exit off I-55 and follow the signs to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. And be sure to register for the door prize. See you this weekend at the big one. Sure as shooting, don't miss it. Ace Bolt and Screw Company, locally owned and operated for over 50 years. Come by and check out our newly remodeled store. We serve your entire fastener, safety equipment, and tool needs. We've got all the biggest brands of power tools and hand tools. DeWalt, Milwaukee, Makita, Channel Lock, Irwin, and Lennox, just to name a few. Let us help you get the job done right. Come see us at Ace Bolt and Screw Company, Jackson, Tupelo, Atlanta, and Gluckstadt. Are you an employee or employer in search of flame-resistant clothing that'll protect your arms and legs but won't cost you an arm and a leg? Well, ESI Supply has you covered, literally, with full coveralls, button-down long sleeves, two-button cotton pullovers, and jeans to go with them. ESI Supply is your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. If we don't have it, we can get it at prices that won't burn the pocketbook. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. And online at ESISupply.net. ESI Supply, your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Rogers Dab Service Parts and Quick Lube are open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. Crossgates Brandon or RogersDabs.com. Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Things wants to remind you that there are some great things to do in Mississippi. Plenty of unique places to visit. So go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. 
And you can get more over at the new Supertalk website. That's over at supertalk.fm. You can listen. You can watch just about every show on demand. You also get exclusive Mississippi news from our Supertalk Mississippi news team. And that's all in one place over at supertalk.fm. And if you hit the watch button, you'll see that we're continuing our conversation today with Mr. Al Ainsworth. He is a novelist, but he's also a father and a teacher and a Christ follower and so many other things to to your community, and I always love whenever we get people who pers- who pursue their passions outside of just their profession. I'm here in the studio because there's so many of us listening, Al, that have those nudges to write a book or write a novel or paint or you know pick up a, a, a an afternoon league of adult baseball or softball or whatever it may be, and we keep telling ourselves there's just not enough time or what's the point. So what is the point to you keeping? up and continuing to put out content in the form of books. This is your sixth, right? This is actually my tenth. Oh, tenth. Uh, Okay. Reunion was my tenth. Yeah. So first of all, I self-published because the stories come to me a lot faster than I could go through traditional publishing. Um, It it allows me a, a little bit more flexibility. And the, the stories that I have are stories of hope. I, I want to finish always on a high note with, with some hope at the end, even though you, you dive into some themes uh, like loneliness that are, are so common, so universal. But at the end of that, there there is hope. And sometimes it's just a matter of somebody noticing at the right moment, at the, at the the just at the right time when you're thinking about giving up. Um, you know, one thing that happened to me one time, I was, this was when I was writing my Coach Dave series. It's a, a youth baseball series, and I'd, I'd come down here to Jackson and to the to the Mississippi Book Festival. It was the second year of the festival, and I I, I planned on selling a lot of books that day uh, because the year before I had seen books just flying off the tables at the at the self publishing tent. The second year, not so much. And so I sold a handful of books, basically enough to to pay my way down here, but that was about it. And I started having those thoughts that that authors get, especially early in the process if the the books aren't selling. And on the way back, I was having those thoughts, was wondering, should I even keep doing this? And I stopped in Grenada at – I'll just say I stopped at a restaurant and – Nobody was out front. Nobody was behind the counter. Everybody was just in the back, uh, and they were they were talking. And I waited two or three minutes. Nobody came to the counter, so I left. Went down the road, and I will say the name of this one at uh, KFC in Grenada. <laughs> and I ordered my meal, and I was sitting there and eating, just, just still contemplating these things. And I always save my biscuit to the end. Biscuit is like dessert at KFC. And, it's a true story. <laughs> well, I, I, I had an edge biscuit, and it, it had gotten crusty and a little overcooked, and I, I decided to say something. And so I went to the counter, and I pointed that out, and oh, my goodness, the cashier went over the top. She said, we have got some new ones coming out of the oven right now. I'm going to get you one out of the middle. I'm going to put some extra butter on it for you. And, boy, she did, both literally and figuratively. And I enjoyed the biscuit, walked out to my car. And I had a text from uh, Mark Carson, who's the head baseball coach at Northwest Community College. He and I go way back, coached against each other uh, in high school. And 
he had sent me a text that I'd been trying to get him to read my Coach Dave books for a while, and, and he said, read your book last night, got started, and couldn't put it down until I was finished. And so that, that was so encouraging because uh, the early days are, are not always mm-hmm. the best days as a writer. You're still learning the craft, and I've been writing for most of my life, but not really book writing. So that that was incredibly um, – On point, ho- ho- on time. Yeah, it was. And, yeah. and so – as I'm writing this book and other books, I look for those on-time moments. For, for It doesn't take a donation of $10,000 to, to a charity to make a difference in someone's life. Sometimes it just takes noticing and saying an encouraging word, and it changes everything. Well, too, and I think it, it seems like your writing, Al, brings you a lot of joy and fulfillment, getting those things and those stories and getting those characters onto a paper. That, to you, just does you a service. And then when you offer it out into the world, you really never know who it's going to sort of touch when it needs to touch. But it's interesting. Many will write novels or fiction or nonfiction, but you have kind of an act for a series. You mentioned the Coach Dave Sports Action Series, and now you're lonesome party of six is as a form of a series do these characters just haunt you do they just never shut up in your head i mean <laughs> they just keep going the the coach dave series was was an interesting one for me because when i was writing book three the characters started telling me where they wanted to go they started telling me how they wanted to react to a certain situation and it's almost like the story started writing themselves there was one character in particular who was the the son of the win at all cost coach and in my mind, he was he was the guy that you see suffering the consequences of a dad who, who does that. And my sister told me after reading the second one, she said, I kind of like this kid. And so it swirled around in my head for a while and said, if, if he were to become a likable person, what would it take? And so he ends up going through this transformation of of dealing with a dad who's like that and and seeing the other side of that uh, in the the coach Dave character and he just started telling me how he could fix certain situations uh, there was a kid who needed to be on the team who wasn't going to make the team and two kids who were hurt uh, who were going to be able to hit but not throw for during the whole season they just decided that they would alternate times when they hit so this other kid could be on the team. I never would have figured that out on my own. Uh, but in a lot of the, the the craft studies that I've done, it's whatever whatever your first reaction is to a problem, that's likely going to be what the reader expects. And so dive into your second, third, fourth. It's when you get in about the eighth, ninth, tenth different way to solve a problem and you're going to that depth, that's probably going to be something that nobody thinks about. And it's going to have a lot more life to it. Well, when you first started writing out, it seems like you really tapped into something that's also your passion, which is baseball. I know baseball runs back for you. I'm sure you were a player. Then you were a coach for your son or at some point, And then you were an announcer for baseball. And now you're a spectator of baseball. When did you shift, though, and leave maybe like the sports behind, even though I think you mentioned that one – in the lonesome party of six, they were headed to uh, a game, The um, well, the football game. That's not baseball. But is this your first sort of shift away from sports-specific writing? 
for the most part, every every book that I've written has uh, a touch of sports in it. One of the characters in here has uh, he was a big time baseball prospect and just fell in love with sales. Just kind of dropped into sales and and saw something else that he was good at and created a different kind of scoreboard for himself. And he's been running ever since. And and his lonely period is he's he's out of town looking for a meeting and and the. The director of the hospital he's supposed to meet with won't meet with him on Thanksgiving Day. So he feels like it's, an, it's a wasted day. And in the, in the lonely time that he has, it was there in that town where he snapped his, his um, ligament and his elbow. And that's, that's where the dream began to fall apart. And, and what he learns from one of the other guests at the table over Thanksgiving meal. So what happens at the, uh, as, as they each finish their lonely Thanksgiving meal, they find out that somebody has paid for their meal and they begin to find one another and they stick around for coffee and, and dessert and tell their stories. So when he tells his story, one of the, one of the guys there, a pastor who's recently lost his wife said, you know what you're dealing with there is grief. And he said, no, I haven't had anybody close to me die for a long time. I said, yeah, but you, you lost a dream, and you have yet to, to grieve that dream. And so I, I see that too, guys who can't move on. Um, and, and so you, you, those guys have to mix in with the rest of society, and, and sports ends at some point. Uh, my older son ended his career last year as a college pitcher with – labrum surgery, which is far more mm-hmm. common than a guy ending his college career by getting drafted. Uh, so it all comes to an end. We all see dreams, whether it's sports or music or whatever it is, it comes to an end at some point. And what do you do to deal with that? And and hopefully uh, through these conversations that that my readers will find some hope for their own struggles. And I know, too, if people are listening to good things and you're wondering maybe who these books are for, you're very specific in making sure they're family-friendly, they're open for everybody. This one we're talking about today, which is your latest Lonesome Party of Six. But the um, coach one, the Coach Dave Sports Action Series, I think is perfect for dads and sons and daughters and all to sort of read together. Would you say that's be, that would be fair? Um, as an English teacher, I'm sure you would love for families to be reading together. Why not read one of your books oh, that together, would be, Al? That would be <laughs> Wait for it, Rebecca. A home run. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to get a Grand Slam coming up next with our third segment with Al, the author. Hey, Tom. Looks like you're a few guys short today. Yeah, one's been out with the flu, another is at the ER, and Lydia at the office has a sick child. Where's Randy? Another contractor offered benefits. You should call New Care MD. They offer full-service medical care, flat monthly rates. Your guys and their families get same-day appointments and minor emergency service. Contact New Care MD at NewCareMD.com today to learn more about how you can provide affordable direct primary care to your employees. 
The American Council of Engineering Companies is the voice of our state's engineering community and a proud sponsor of National Engineers Week. The purpose of this week is to shine a spotlight on the contributions that engineers make to society. To get a true sense of just how important engineers are for the quality of our life and safety, just look around your home, the roads you travel, your job, and everything you eat and drink. An engineer helped make it happen. This message brought to you by the American Council of Engineering Companies of Mississippi. Hi, I'm Dale Danks with the Danks, Miller & Corey firm. Our office represents clients and businesses across Mississippi. If you need a lawyer you can trust and who will fight for you, don't compromise. Danks, Miller & Corey, online at DanksMillerCorey.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. The time is now. The savings are huge. The place is Ridgeland Mitsubishi. That's right. It's the best time to save like never before on your next new vehicle during the overstock sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We're receiving truckloads of new Mitsubishis, and we need to move our current inventory. This means big savings to you right now. Pay just $189 per month on new 2020 Mitsubishi G4s. That's $189 per month. And pay only $299 per month on new 2020 Mitsubishi Outlander Sports. Bad credit, no credit, no problem. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Bring in your current vehicle and we'll give you the best possible price for it even if you don't buy a new one from us. Come save like never before during our overstock sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi G4 stock number 1709. Outlander stock number 1712. 1999 down 2.9% for 84 months. It's time for the annual RJ's Outboard Open House, March 12th through the 13th. Want to win a free boat? Then come on out to RJ's Outboard on Old Fannin Road between now and March 13th and register to win a brand new boat, motor, and trailer package courtesy of G3 Boats and Yamaha Outboards. While you're there, be sure to check out all of the G3 Boats and Yamaha Outboards RJ's has to offer. Boat drawing will be held Saturday, March 13th at 3 p.m. RJ's Outboard, 1208 Old Fannin Road at the Reservoir. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Lawmakers are backing away from a plan to hold an election to see whether Mississippians would support an increase in the gas tax to bring in money for roads. House Bill 1364 died Wednesday when the House didn't vote on it before a deadline. Governor Tate Reeves had said that he didn't like the proposal. The nearly $2.5 billion gas tax increase, um, that is not something that is is good uh, for uh, the taxpayers of the state. In D.C., Senator Roger Wicker is leading an effort to assist with infrastructure improvements. The Local Infrastructure Act would allow state and local governments to reduce borrowing costs for public projects, providing a boost to communities as they deal with the economic effects of the pandemic. Wicker says that local governments should be able to seize this opportunity with interest rates at historic lows. Stephen Gagliano, Super Talk Mississippi News. Seaspire 5G. We're building a fast, powerful 5G network to bring you faster phones. You heard right. Seaspire 5G. Phones. Faster. Saying it anymore would be. Seaspire 5G. Faster phones. No bull. For a limited time, get our best 5G phone free with trade in. 
heading to the coast to hit the casinos, or maybe just a relaxing getaway for a few days. When you drive to the coast, tune to 106.3 Casino Radio for all casino promotions and exciting things to do while you're there. And it's not just casinos. Casino Radio has everything you'll want to know to make your stay on the coast an amazing one. From all of the great restaurants, nightlife, recreation, and more, Casino Radio has it all. So when you're on the coast, discover everything that's happening from 106.3 Casino Radio. Whether you're brand new to the DIY craze or a seasoned veteran, The Handyman Show has something for you. Buddy Slowick shares tips and tricks on everything from odd jobs to complete build-outs, from small home repairs to serious construction. So no matter if you're at the master carpenter level or not quite sure how to use a level, The Handyman Show answers your questions with a healthy dose of humor and some great music, too. Saturdays, 10 to noon on Super Talk Mississippi and on Super Talk TV. Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. wants to remind you that there's an adventure in Mississippi awaiting you this year. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. And for those of you waiting for the app, the all-new Supertalk Mississippi app for Apple and Android devices, it is here. So you can listen live on demand or get the latest news from across the state right there in your pocket or on your tablet. So you just go to your app store of choice and search for Supertalk, download it, and then boom, there you go. You can stream us from anywhere you choose all day long. And if you are watching the stream over at supertalk.fm, then you'll see we're still talking with um, Al Ainsworth. He's author, he's English teacher, he's father, he's husband, he's Christ follower, all of the above. He's also community helper. I want to get into that. But I will say I ha- I did got my baseball pun wrong because I said we were hitting a grand slam with Al, and that was only three runs. But so we got to make for four for that. So I have to, you have to forgive me. You should have been on with the guys coming up next at Sports Talk who know all of the, all of the right lingo when it comes to baseball. But I do know the beauty of team sports or working as a team that can sort of translate into the rest of life, whether that's baseball or softball or all of the above. I want to go back though to Al, your very first book, which was Lines in the Gravel. And it is about you growing up in rural star Mississippi and some of those family values that obviously have never um, you've never wavered for or left. What was it like maybe reflecting back on your life in rural Mississippi and putting that down on paper? Well, when I look back on my life, you know, it just was what it was. And until you move some other places and go off to college and, and uh, work some different jobs, you realize that, wait a minute, not everybody's life experience is the same as mine. And so maybe that was a bit naive, but uh, I guess where it really started to to connect with us is when we started hearing the next generation tell our stories. Uh, my my one sister lives in Mobile, and the other one uh, lives in in uh, northeastern uh, northwest Arkansas. Now, I used to live in Oklahoma for years, and my brother still lives uh, near Star. And so, 
we'd get together, and the most fun we ever had was telling the same old stories that we had told all our lives. And then we started hearing that next generation telling some of those stories. So at at one point, it it actually started for me as uh, an orphan care champion in our church and and learning, uh, helping people with their adoptions and with foster care and the like. And uh, got connected with um, uh, a children's home in Haiti that we did mission work with. And one of the ladies in our group told me that I needed to blog. Well, I knew what a blog was. I was that forward-thinking anyway. But I'd never really thought about that. And she said, yeah, people in the adoption world, that's all the rage, that you, you start a blog and you tell your story. And so I began to blog, just sharing some of the stories that were coming out of that ministry. And as as time went along, I got really regular behind the, the computer putting out a blog a week and then two a week. And three a week. I, I tried five days a week, and I cut back once I did that. But I found that my place in the in the whole scheme of family was that I didn't come from, I guess, what you'd call the healthiest of families. But we were as normal as you could be. Uh, it, we loved each other. We, um, you know, mom and dad. Uh, they've been married fifty, be fifty six years this year, and and so we had we had a lot of good things in place. And I thought, well, what do I do to tell my story? What do I do to, to share, not that, that we're it, but at least some techniques, at least some, some ways to tell your stories that would uh, help produce healthy families? And so I started thinking about my experiences and started writing them down. And I didn't know how many there would be. I had in mind that there would be, you know, 50-something. I don't know why. Um, but I just started collecting them. When I'd have a memory, I'd pull out my app, write it down. Uh, my older son was playing baseball in a uh, in a league down at Northwest Community College, and I remember multiple times handing him my phone and said, "Write this down. As long as I get two or three words in there, I'm good. I can remember it uh, before bed at night. Uh, that that really clear thinking moment." That yeah, that wants to disrupt your sleep, absolutely. No, 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 I'm... not that one. Oh. The one that, oh, you're going to remember this tomorrow. It's going to be just as clear as it oh, is yeah, right now, and then you wake up and it's gone. Well, I kept my phone by my nightstand and would just type in a few words. And, and ultimately it came out, there were um, the original title was Lines in the Gravel and 52 Other Retold Childhood Tales that woven together are really more about that, it's important to have your stories, to tell your stories, to see what your family values are, and then to use story as the vehicle to carry those on to the next generation before they're before they're lost. You mentioned that maybe you didn't come from, you know, the perfect family, but you came from what you called a healthy family. Were there what were some of those values that were intertwined into all fifty of those that made your family maybe at least healthier in the terms of um, emotionally? We we learned to work, uh, we learned to laugh. Um, we learned to um, – my mom put a great value on reading and education, and along with that, though, was time spent together. And that's that's kind of a byproduct that you don't think about at the time, but looking back on it, when you see other people who didn't experience that, uh, it, it it's a big deal. Uh, I remember, you know, working in the garden and hating it. And we'll get together now and talk about it and smile about it. So I, I think some of those values just just carried on. Um, Mom and Dad were were there uh, when we played ball. You know, Dad would 
you know, talk about the, you know, the mistakes that the coach made and all that. And I remember my brother and I said, no, you can't, you can't go there. And uh, so, you know, he got, they got involved as far as being there, didn't try to run our lives, let us live our own lives, but a lot of encouragement. And, you know, my mom was an only child and she was determined that we would not be. So we're all, there is three years and 11 days between me and my brother. Wow. And there are two sisters in between. So we all grew up very close together. So that was, that was good as far as age wise. And then there were a lot of, there were a lot of bumping heads in there too. The, the title story, Lines in the Gravel, came from when we were lining up for the school bus in the morning, our gravel driveway. And I'm the oldest. So, of course, I should be first in line every day. Don't you agree, Rebecca? I totally agree. I'm an only child, so there. I was always okay. first. <laughs> well, awesome. So my brother, as the youngest, felt like uh, it, it was owed to him, since he was the youngest and last in all things, that he should at least be first in the bus line. And my sisters have this innate sense of fairness that neither one of those scenarios was uh, was uh, okay with them. And so we fought about it and fought about it, and finally – Mom had a come to Jesus meeting with us, and she wrote out a a bus order for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we alternated on Fridays. And so we had it all all mapped out. We would go out there in the morning and kick out our spot in the gravel. And so you'd see these four lines. And so the bus coming along the way might only see four kids lined up for the bus, you know, normal kind of thing. But if they'd looked a little bit closer, they would have seen those lines in the gravel. And the story behind that was that it it took a lot to make a family operate. You know, as a dad and, and as a husband now, I understand there's so many different things working, especially in today's world at one time, to to get everybody on the same page about anything is is pretty significant so we solved that problem and and so with with that kind of in our pocket we were able to go on with you know smaller more insignificant things like i don't know getting an education and making a difference in the world which you're definitely doing and i want to get to that but those family values that you talk about through your stories and lines in the gravel do those carry through all of your books and sort of display in your different characters maybe maybe differently but the undertone of i guess the outcome of hope and all of them do you feel like your family values are are shown through in those i do and more than that it's it's different people i've come across in my life and and you might have a an interaction that's just encouraging that um you don't really pay much attention to but it it's encouraging at the time well i'll be writing a character and, and remember that and and put it into a story for example there was there was a young man who played basketball for me seventh and eighth grade basketball at sbc now north point where i teach and this was many years ago and we had a we had a new new kid coming in he had actually been to school there before and all the guys on my team knew that he would be the best player on the team and for the most part they were okay with that but they knew that it was going to cost some playing time and this one young man in particular, I had had to talk him into playing in the first place. He wasn't a very good offensive player, but, boy, he was athletic. And I said, Jonathan, what I need from you is to play the middle of my diamond press, cover sideline to sideline, take the ball away, steal the ball, and get it to a guard. Once you've done that, you've done your job. That's all I need you to do. And so he, he came out, he played, did a great job when we when we wanted to run a pressure defense. And then um, – this other kid came in, though, and two days into practice, I see him take himself out of the offense that he was running and put this guy in. 
and remove himself from the picture. And I thought that that has got to make its way into a book, and it and it has. It has, um, and then you have written ten books so far, Al Ainsworth. And now we're going to get our grand slam <laughs> with Mr. Al coming up next. I'm Phil Bryant, former governor of Mississippi. I want to share how Mercy House Adult and Teen Challenge is beating dependency and addiction with real results. Families are being restored and relationships healed. Donate a vehicle today in any condition, running or not. Old paperwork is handled and vehicles are picked up and taken away. Donations are tax deductible and 100% of the money stays right here in Mississippi. Call today at 601-572-7296. Thank you. I got my son back. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store. LS Tractor understands your passion for the land, and just like you, LS Tractor is committed to excellence and superior products. LS Tractor comes with a long list of standard features that are unmatched by other brands and backed with the LS commitment to provide exceptional customer service and satisfaction. You get a lot more for your money with the LS Tractor. Come to the Tractor Store in Richland to experience the LS difference. The Tractor Store in Richland. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. With the extreme winter weather that we've had all across Mississippi recently, the blood supply is very low. And now it's critical that Mississippi Blood Services gets more blood on the shelves to ensure that we have what Mississippi patients need. Visit msblood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you today. That's msblood.com. msblood.com. This is the closing agri-market report. At the close of New York Cotton Exchange, May cotton was down 86 to 88.83. July cotton was down 66 to 89.71. The close of the Chicago Board of Trade, May soybeans were down three and a quarter to 14.04 and a quarter per bushel. July soybeans were down five and three quarters to 13.91 and a half per bushel. May corn was down two and a quarter to 5.47 and a half per bushel. July corn was down four and three quarters to 5.35 per bushel. At the Mercantile, April live cattle was down 167 to 120 even. June live cattle was down 107 to 118.42. April feeders down 250 to 142.57. May feeders down 215 to 145.07. At this hour, the Dow Jones is down 331 points, 31,071. I'm Nixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
This season and every season, protect your rice fields with a full suite of herbicides from Valent USA. With Bolero 8 EC, League, and Regimen herbicides, Valent has an option to help you handle whatever weeds you're facing. Specially formulated to control the toughest weeds, including variety of broadleaf, sedge, grass, and aquatic weeds, Valent herbicides are proven to help growers start strong and protect their crop every step of the way. Visit Valent.com slash rice to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Winter break is coming to an end for cattle parasites, so start your parasite fight now. With Safeguard Feed Formulations, keeping up that fight is easier than ever. Available in blocks, cubes, pellets, or free-choice mineral, Safeguard Feed Formulations are the convenient, labor-saving way to deworm cattle on grass. Simply add it to your current feed and mineral program. No processing, no shoot, no added stress. Remember to consult your veterinarian for assistance in the diagnosis, treatment, and control of parasitism. This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi adventure this year. Go to visitmississippi.org for more. And you can get more sports on Sunday if you would like. You can find out what the story behind the stats each Sunday morning on Sports Sunday with Michael Borky starting at 8 a.m. You can listen online at supertalk.fm or you can watch the show over at Supertalk TV. And if you are there watching, you see we are continuing. We have now hit our Grand Slam with Mr. Al Hainsworth. He's a novelist and he's a father as well as uh, deep into the ministry within his community, which I don't want to pass that part up either because you are deep involved in helping with a mission trip headed to the Mississippi Delta. So how does all of this sort of tie in to just... Your books, your faith, your family, your mission in life, and all of the above. Well, so much of the writing just comes from living the rest of my life and paying attention and then writing things down uh, when they happen. You know, it might be just – I've got two or three titles of books. I have no idea what the book would be, but they're pretty catchy titles that nobody else is using. So uh, I'll hang on to those and, you know – Come across uh, a conversation uh, that's that's interesting that I think uh, readers would enjoy. I'll just write it down, make it a uh, give it to a fictitious character. So a lot of that part is just paying attention. And but but everything that I do, um, my department head at school says that you know the best part of my day, the best part of my classroom is the incidental learning that goes on. Uh, that we just can talk about so many different things. And I know I, I, I had to break it to my geography class this week that I knew that they didn't sign up for my class because they wanted to take it. I knew that it was a requirement. They had to be there. And I said, but as long as we're here, let's let's talk about the world. Let's let's find out where some places are. Let's talk about what life is like there. And let's talk about our responsibility as Americans in the top two percent of the world's wealth. You know, what responsibility do we have, especially uh, for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers? What is it that 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 requires of us? You know, Psalm sixty-seven seven says that the Lord blesses us so that the ends of the earth may fear Him, may get to know Him, and so I take that charge seriously. That um, you know, there are some things that 
the Lord has given us here in this country that we take for granted. And there was a time when, uh, like, my wife and I have not had uh, cable or satellite television since the first year that we were married, 1992. And I, I want it. That's I, impressive. I do. Well, we we don't have high speed internet where we live either. But come on, C Spire, you can do this. Uh, <laughs> They're listening. <laughs> oh my goodness, they are they are getting closer and closer. We see the trucks out there all the time. Uh, but so we finally gotten enough. You know, we can do the Roku a little bit. Uh, some some days are better than others. But there was one day that I was. Uh, I had just gotten the flyer in the mail, you know, that introductory rate that looks so good. And, of course, the small print says it only lasts so long, and then they blow up the price for the last year. So as a school teacher and, and with my wife staying home all those years, we we knew that there were some, some sacrifices that we needed to make, and, you know, watching ESPN was one of them. So I was out mowing the yard one day, and I was just kind of complaining to God about not having – satellite tv and he let me have it he said i could he said all i had to do was there were two children that we were sponsoring and that was about the price of cable tv and i don't know if any of my neighbors were watching at the time but i i just stopped a push mower i believe there's a lot of character behind the the bar of a push mower um i, I just stopped and i stomped my foot in my front yard and said no i have what i want um, we, we sponsored a, a young man from South uh, South Africa for many years, and then still sponsor a young man that I know personally named Tchaikovsky uh, in uh, Jock Mel Haiti. And I've been there three times to the children's home there. We do a lot of work that to, to help them stay afloat. It's been a, as bad as things have been in the United States with COVID. You know, they, they had a year of COVID as well with a year of political unrest before that. So they've been about two years without ha- being able to have teams in there. So I know there are places, other places in the world that don't have things that we have. And th- the biggest part of that, though, is not not the things – as much as it is the hope. And I love to be in a place like that. And, and Haiti blew me away uh, the first time I went because we, we'd be driving by in the back of a, a truck, uh, our team, and somebody would just rap on the side of the truck. And we'd look over there and, you know, couldn't speak our language, and they were just walking along, not much to do, but they were grinning and giving us a thumbs up. And, and it was a way of saying, we know you're not here to help me in particular, but you're here to help our country, and and we appreciate it. And that was awesome. That was awesome. It would be awesome, though, if people would purchase your books and get into your series. So how do we do that, Al? Amazon or the trunk of my car. (laughs) All righty. Well, we appreciate your time here on Good Things, but everybody stick with us. you got more coming up next. you got Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6, but Rhino and I will be back on Monday. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good things for you tonight. Good things for you tonight. Good things for you tonight. Good things for you. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.